Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that will slice and dice or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a thing, all except this month. I'm looking at Nick Cage movies which I have never seen. This week's is Pay the Ghost from 2015. And maybe, maybe I should have done last month if I don't know anything about this bloody thing. I was looking up cage movies that I have never heard of or indeed saw, and this was top of the list. So here we have it. I knew almost nothing of this, just it was a ghost that kidnaps children on Halloween, and it sat on a shelf and was straight to tape or VOD. I'm just hoping for a Bugnuts Insane Nick Cage performance, so let's just dive into this one, shall we? With its unknown a budget, because this was straight to tape, I think it was, or, or something like that. Anyway, this thing pulled in 2.9 million. Starring Nick Cage, Sarah Wayne Collier, Veronica Ferris, Jack Fulton and Lauren Betty. Directed by Yulai Edel. The plot, every Halloween, a vengeful ghost of a burned witch returns to take three children into the underworld. One Halloween night, a father takes his son to a... Halloween street party, where he's kidnapped. The next year, the father has a matter of hours to save his son before his soul is lost. Can he save him? Who was this witch? Why kidnap kids? How does it all take a year for the soul to be lost forever? Find out here! As if they actually do fucking explain that one, but hey, moving on. After the logos of studios I've never bloody well heard of, do we see New York Circa 1679 and various witchcraft items such as an altar with weird scrawlings on it and animal sacrifices etc etc you know the the general witchcraft crap like Hobbit put punts out there as we see three small children hiding in the basement dressed in homemade halloween costumes of a was a, a raven a crow and i think it's a hag i have no idea what the other one is which are Creepy as fuck, by the way. They're all made of straw and wicker, and it's kind of disturbing looking, but we're moving the hell on. Upstairs, their mother is being dragged out by the head of her hair to be burned at the stake as a witch. In the basement, the kids scream as they know they're next. Cut to 2014, New York, as we meet Charlie, played by Jack Fulton. He's tucked up in bed, but is awakened by a dark shadow trying to get into his bedroom. He runs to his mother, Kirsten, played by Sarah Wayne Collier, but she thinks it's a nightmare and takes him into bed with her. At a university, we meet Professor Mike Lawford, played by Nick Cage, and why isn't every single fucking movie he's in, he plays a professor? I mean, really, is that an ego thing? Or is that a paycheck thing? I mean, <laughs> any way. He's working late on research on something? What? Who cares? Because the fucking movie doesn't tell you and this goes bloody well nowhere. His phone budgets to tell him it's almost out of power, so he rushes home and it's well past midnight. Okay then. We then see him rushing through the busy streets of New York to get home before his phone well and truly dies. I mean, so what? Oh, moving the hell on. Once inside his home, he places his son back in his own bed, where he wakes up to ask what he'll be doing for Halloween, or dressing as Halloween for. Okay. Say, what now? Shouldn't this kid tell his dad about the dark shadow that chased him from his room straight into his mother's arms? Not talk about a fucking Halloween costume for crying out loud. 
Anyway, Charlie tells his dad he wants to be a pirate. Also, he wants to wait until his father comes home to carve a pumpkin. Because that's guilt tripping much. I mean, Jesus, jinkies. Finally, he tells his dad about this shadow monster. Which he checks out and he finds nothing. The father is, I mean, he looks at the street and there's nothing there. Going to bed, Kirsten complains she never sees him anymore. So he hits her with his work is more important if he wants tenure. She applies more guilt trip shit. And she tells him if he doesn't spend time with Charlie, then Charlie will disown him. Ouch, love. Really, ouch. Next morning, we find out Professor Lawford is a professor of folklore. As he tells his class to be very careful on Halloween night as things will try to was it, spook and scare you. And it's all about um, Edgar Allan Poe stuff and... Uh, what the hell was that other guy's name? Um... Oh, my mind went bloody blank. Ah, shit. Uh, fuck, I've got his name now. Uh, moving on. Um, anyway, these Universal students are dressed in Halloween outfits. Why the fuck are they staying in class wearing Halloween outfits? What are they, six? I mean, they're supposed to be, what, in their 20s and they're wearing Halloween outfits. Kidding. Cut to Charlie, now dressed in his little pirate outfit, complete with a painted-on eye patch and a little plastic gun that fires darts. He then complains the pumpkin still isn't carved and his dad is still working. His mother then is shocked that he has drawn a black shadow monster on his iPad. Ooh, spooky. Also, yawn. Been there, done that and returned a t-shirt for a new bloody t-shirt. Time for this horror trope to die. Time for some new horror trope Hollywood. Everything from Insidious to The Ring has done this kid's drawing something spooky before disappearing. It is old and boring. At work, his father has a letter waiting for him in his little pigeonhole. He got tenure, so he rushes to his friend's office, Hannah, played by Veronica Ferris, who is busy on a log that has just washed up ashore. It's from 1670. Gee, I wonder if it's connected to The Vich. Actually, it was from 1650, I think it was. But she says 1670, but that makes no sense because she would have been dead by 1669. So, moving uh, the fuck... Actually, 16... Yeah, 69, yeah. Moving the hell right on. Oh, by the way, she's his boss, but he has got tenure and she's... Oh, moving the fuck right on. He shows her his letter. She congratulates him. So, with that, he runs off to hail a taxi home. But it being Halloween night, he can't find a taxi for love nor money. So we've got two Charlie and his mother out trick-or-treating as he's complaining his dad isn't there. Would you shut the fuck up, you spoiled little fucking brat? Your dad is working his fucking ass off so you can live in a huge house in New York fucking city. Suck up and stop fucking whingy, you whiny little fucking brat. I mean, Jesus, Jinkies, it's a fucking huge house. And ew, my daddy's not all oh, suck it up, you fucking... Mm. I wonder if he's written this annoying so we don't feel bad when he is eventually kidnapped. Also, what about the other fucking children who get are getting stalked by the ghost witch? Nothing from them then. That is what you call bad writing. Oh yeah, and this little shit has seen vultures stalking him all bloody well day, yet says pretty much nothing. Mike rushes home, but finds it's too late. They're out trick-or-treating. Yet more guilt trip shit. I mean, who the fuck puts a, a message on the door saying, we're out trick-or-treating, you're too late. Also, where's the, the pumpkin, uh, the pumpkin, rather, the, um, the big bowl of sweets waiting for the kids to help themselves. I mean, for crying out loud, should be egged at it next week. 
Anywho, later that night, Charlie comes home with his mother to find his dad dressed as a cowboy just sitting on his stoop waiting for them. What the fuck, he got dressed as a cowboy and sat on that stoop all fucking night. Oh my god, this writing's terrible. With that, he goes into the street party as his mother says no. Do they really have massive street parties oh, like this on Halloween? I haven't a bloody clue, but I'm guessing no. Anywho, Charlie has a camcorder and he's filming all of this. Where did this camcorder come from? Who the fuck cares? And this bit goes nowhere anyway, so... Mm. Actually, Taylor Light comes back for one scene, but it makes no fucking sense, so moving the hell right on. Charlie then focuses on a burned-up witch who points at him and screams. Ooh, spooky. And this is Ghost Witch Annie, played by Katie Hunter. Uh, the witch morphs into a Harry, Harry Warden from My Body Wasted Time. Sorry, My Body Wasted... Uh, sorry, Valentine. It's <laughs> Wasted Time twice Ooh, spooky again! I mean, oh my god. So Mike puts him down off his shoulders to get ice cream. Who the fuck eats ice cream on Halloween night well after 10 o'clock? I mean, hmm. And just like that, Charlie goes missing as he sees a vulture circling in the sky. And bang, he disappears with, Daddy, can we pay the ghost? Mick goes insane looking for him, but he can't find him. So he runs home telling Kirsten he's gone. She blames him, and then they both search him in the street party. The camera then pans up to show the vultures sitting on top of the CCTV camera. Why? Why vultures? Why not ravens or crows or magpies or whatever? I mean, why vultures? I mean, hmm. Anyway, next day the cops question Mike as to what had happened. They tell him to sit tight, because these are fucking useless cops, because this is a horror movie. Mike returns home to find cops questioning Kirsten, so they think Mike has killed the kid then? Uh, moving on. Once they leave, she blames him while making Charlie's lunch. Much later that day, Mike has a nightmare of Charlie turned into a ghoul. Ghoul Charlie tells Mike to look outside the window and cuted horrible CGI mass of a black creature thing stalking him down the street. Sit with me. Ooh, spooky. When he wakes up, it's one year later. He and Kirsten have hit the skids and they are separated. He has moved out and he has plastered the walls of his teeny little New York apartment with pictures of missing kids. Okay. Speaking of which, that morning, Mike staples a missing kids poster of Charlie to a lamppost and he thinks he hears Charlie shouting for help. So he calls Kirsten, who doesn't even answer. Rude! Cut to a community college. When Mike is teaching the legend of Sleepy Hollow to disinterested students. Wait, I thought he had tenure. Should he still be teaching at a big fancy university, not some rickety fucking community college? I mean, I thought you want to get tenured, you can't get fired no matter what. Later, he has coffee with Hannah. Shouldn't Kirsten be worried about this one? Never mind a fucking missing child, crying out loud. Where he tells her he can't stop blaming himself for Charlie's disappearance. Cut to Mike returning to the cops who are disinterested in what Mike has to say. Mike has a list of all the pedophiles from New York area. Again, the kids, the, the cops don't give, t give two shits. They just went, eh, whatever, moving on. Back to Mike, yet again, plastering neighborhood with posters as out of nowhere, fires Charlie's little toy bullet from his gun. A bus drives past with what Mike thinks is Charlie. So he jumps on the bus to find it is nothing on board. Getting off the bus makes these vultures circling an abandoned building, so checks it out. 
Uh, no one notices these huge vultures circling one fucking abandoned warehouse. Nope. Nobody calls 911. Okay, then. There's like fucking 10 or 12 of these things and nobody gives a shit. I mean, hmm. The thing is, I can't tell if they're CGI or real vultures, but moving on. Anyway, he checks out the building and finds Pay the Ghost written on a wall. He goes inside and asks what the hell it means. Here he finds a blind man, played by Stephen McHatty, who tells him he knows everything and then shows him a wall with Pay the Ghost written over dozens and dozens of times. Say what now? Who wrote the, this? Why? And has no one ever found out about this until... 2014. I mean, it's been, what, over 300 years and nobody's found out about this? How the hell does this blind man know everything? Is he the devil? A psychic? Or just a plot point that goes nowhere? With that, Mike then leaves with nothing. He returns home to tell Kirsten what he has seen, but she's not interested in one little bit. Cut to them having coffee, where he tells her something Charlie says before he vanish. Pay the ghost, daddy. Mike then quickly goes off the rails, so she leaves him, screaming, Why did you did you fail to protect him? He was my son! Uh, hello, love. He's his son, too. Not to add more guilt. So anyway, that night in his shitty apartment, Mike watches the footage of what Charlie took on Halloween night. He puts it down, however, it sparks to life, showing night vision footage of Charlie in a creepy cottage surrounded by hundreds, if not thousands, of ghoul kids. So wait a minute here. You try to say to me that Mike had this camcorder footage for a year and didn't watch it until the 30th of October. Right then. He didn't even show it to the fucking cops or the FBI or whatever. Moving the fuck right on. Much later that night, Kirsten is awakened from her sleep with sounds coming from the kitchen, so checks it out. It's Charlie's scooter rolling around the room all by itself. Ooh, ah, scary. Next day, she finds Mike to tell her what she saw. He then shows her research of what he's done of missing children in New York, saying that on any other day but Halloween, the kids are found alive. Bullshit. Most of them are found alive, but some of them aren't, or probably killed, or put in sex uh, rings, or pedophile rings, moving on. He then shows her a list of dozens of kids that went missing on Halloween in New York, yet the cops are disinterested. Bullshit. With that, they hunt down the parents of the last missing kids from two years ago. Mike finds the dad all but dead in an armchair. He demands money to, quote, pay the ghost, which Mike gives him a $50 bill at that. He then rants about his daughter telling him to pay the ghost, but he didn't listen and she vanished two years earlier. He then continues that at night, one year after the um, kidnapping, he was tormented with her voice and visions of a ghoulish little girl, asking for help, but he did nothing, so the little girl was turned into a ghost. With that, Mike calls the cops to tell him what he found. Mike rants on and on and on about paying the ghost, so the cops look bloody listen and slam the phone down on him. Mike walks Kirsten home, and boom, they're back in love. Cut to the cop actually doing his bloody well work. He looks up the missing kids from Halloween 2013, and finds out, actually it's not be 2012, or whatever, he finds three children are, sorry, from 2013 rather, he finds three children are missing. Charlie, Maya, played by Lee Madison, and Pablo, played by Matteo Gazzi, I think I pronounced his name. So now we know it's three missing children at one time. 
Again, where's the backstory on these three kids? Aren't their parents going bug nuts and trying to find their children? Or is this because one is Mexican and the other one is Chinese? That they are not that important then? Okay then. With that, the cop... Uh, what the fuck is his name? Give us a second to look it up. He is Lieutenant Jordan, I believe, played by Lyric Bent. Questions Maya's mother. Wait, he didn't chase up these leads from a year ago? White privilege indeed, or is that rich privilege? Hmm. She tells him two weeks ago she heard her daughter begging her to save her from the ghost. And something about pay the ghost and her kitchen explodes because she works in a kitchen or she runs a kitchen and suddenly the kitchen explodes in a fireball and there's a spooky ghost and ooh, spooky. Anyway, that night over dinner, the lights flicker at Meg's house and then they need to go out. Suddenly he sees three hooded figures in the street. They burst into flames and he's surrounded by ghostly children. The lights come back on and he tells Kirsten what he saw. So with that, they call on a psychic because of course she would. Here we meet Jane, played by Susan Hoffman. She takes a look around Charlie's bedroom and then is quickly shown what happened to Annie Sosquin, played by Lauren Betty, i.e. the ghost witch. She was burned at a stake for being a witch in 1679. Ever since 1680, she has returned to take three children to the underworld as payment. With that, she's picked off her feet hung by the neck and her burn she's burned from inside out ooh ah creepy and or spooky the cops are called the EMTs take away the body and Mike is quizzed by Lieutenant Jordan as to what happens he thinks Mike killed her okay then so with that he tells him what he saw and that she was a psychic she was picked up by the ghost and hung by her neck and then roasted her life from inside the cops don't believe him, and why isn't he arrested then for murder? That night, Mike is drinking while scrolling through his phones, looking at pictures of Charlie. He hears noises coming from upstairs. Kirsten is awakened by her iPod, showing the picture of what Charlie drew of the shadow ghost. Mike checks out the noises upstairs, finding Kirsten possessed by ghoul Charlie. Begging for help, secondly, she's possessed by a witch ghost Annie, who slices her wrist with scissors. As Mike runs to get a first aid kit, he pours iodine on her arm and reveals this weird three moon marking thing. Cut to the morgue as the psychic is getting her body cut up to pieces, or rather cutting rather. She, she springs, her mouth opens up and this black shit pours out of her mouth and she's burned from the inside. The fuck is going on here? I have no idea, well, dear. It's Halloween day. Mike takes Kirsten to see Hannah, who tells them the markings on her arm are of a Celtic goddess. And here she tells them in 1679, a woman and her three children were burnt at stake for being a witch. Mike pulls out of thin air, there's a small Celtic village there since the 1670s, and it had a church. Cut to the said church, and here comes the backstory of Annie Sockwin, wrongfully blamed for a mysterious illness outbreak that looked like, I don't know, scabies or hell it was, called a witch and her and her three kids were burned at the stake. Back to Hannah in the archives and she's attacked by ghost witch Annie. She's then thrown out the window and impaled on poles down below. Back to Mike at the Celtic church. He's told he has until midnight on Samhain or Samhain 
to get his son back before it's too late and he's turned into a full ghost. Why the fuck's the guy here turning this person into a ghost? What the hell were they eating? And after uh, the underworld, rather. So, for reasons that aren't actually explained, she keeps these kids alive. Again, what do they eat in the underworld? And how the hell do you stop her? It's not actually explained, because this is bad fucking writing. So with that, Mike returns to the blind man. He tells him that he has to, quote, pay the ghost. So he does by giving him his watch. Down he goes into the underworld, golden child style, as Mike walks on nothing, then it's so revealed to be a metal bridge, as you do. In which he crosses, he finds a green pasture, on which he finds a cottage, and all the kids she has taken in the past 334 years. Beside he goes, and he finds, he shouts out Charlie's name, and dozens of kids raise their hand. So he filters through them, finding Charlie, Maya, and Pablo, taking them out. Mike has a quick scuffle with which ghost Annie. Charlie calls for help from the thousand plus other ghost children who then drag her into hell. Uh, Mike runs across the bridge as it falls to pieces but making it across with that it's morning and he has returned the other two kids. He returns Charlie home and all well the mother Hugs him and he remembers nothing of it as credits roll. Onto a mid-credits scene of Hannah's body is possessed by ghost Annie as her body be eaten by the vultures. Then credits continue. So that was Pay the Ghost. A bit jumbled up. It would have been cleaner if they showed what happened to Annie at the start of the movie. Then fast forwarded to 2014. Also, Cage's character could have been an ancestor of the witch hunter that actually killed her, but moving the hell on. This felt cheap, rushed, and over a bloody place, and very, very disjointed. I mean, there's barely anything explained. What about the two kids, the other two kids' backstory? There's nothing about that. And it just... Yeah. Also, there's, there's questions left open, that, such as who is a blind man? Why did none of the other parents help Mike? What happened to Hannah's body? Who the fuck cares? I'm going to give this thing a very par... Very generous, 4 out of 10. It's not bad, it's just rushed and feels disjointed and over all these scattershot sort of thing, you know. Not as bad as I hoped, or indeed I heard rumours of. So anyway, come back next week as I look at Colour Out of Space, and then Season of the Witch. December is a festive frights. Uh, don't forget to click, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. And email me your suggestions too. Here's Johnny's reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other franchise podcasts of Superman, Captain America, House, Aliens, and more. Also, my sole podcast of Ghost Rider, The Stuff, The Thing, and many, many more. Hey, bye. And remember, I watch these bad movies, so I don't have to. Now, don't forget to pay the ghost. <laughs>